glad you're here, and I want to talk tonight about the Savior, obviously. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Um, how many of you can think in your minds for a second, imagine one of those moments, or maybe more than one of those moments, that in that moment, it changed your life from that moment forward, and your life's never been the same before? Let me give you a couple of examples. How many parents are in the room, right? Many of you are parents. Remember that moment? If you're a parent of more than one child, it's been every moment, right? Every time a new baby comes into our lives, it, it, we'll never forget that moment. And from that moment forward, we're never the same. Lots of big moments in our lives. And so can you imagine, Just it's, it's, we can only try to imagine the significance of the moment the shepherds experienced on a hillside just outside the village of Bethlehem. Bethlehem, a small village, maybe a thousand people at the most. And one night, shepherds are out on hillsides watching a flock of sheep, many experts believe could have been sheep that were being kept and cared for in preparation for sacrificial lambs at Jerusalem. They're only six miles from Jerusalem in, in Bethlehem. And all of a sudden, an angel steps out of heaven and into time to give the shepherds this incredible message. Talk about a moment in time that would change your life from that moment and every moment on from that point forward, right? Can you just imagine that? Now think about it for a second. God has sent angels to talk to shepherds, which really means that God has sent the most majestic, amazing, significant messengers ever created by God to step into time and give a message to the least, to the people who are least important, least significant. Shepherds in the first century were never called good. Jesus changed their uh, the way we think about shepherds. He called himself the good shepherd and proves himself every day to be that, doesn't he? But in the first century, there were no good shepherds. They were thought of as scoundrels, thieves, people you can't trust, never going to tell you the truth. In fact, in many marketplaces, they couldn't even go and mar to the marketplace and do business. They weren't allowed to vote. They're second-class citizens. They're the least of the least. And now you have an angel, the greatest and most majestic messenger ever known is speaking to them about what just happened. And now it's going to redefine what shepherd is. And Jesus is going to call himself the good shepherd. Good shepherd in the first century would have been an oxymoron. You know what that is, right? An oxymoron like jumbo shrimp or, or uh, sanitary landfill or uh, government assistance. Would be this, a good shepherd would never those those two words would never be put together in the first century, until Jesus calls himself our good shepherd. Now we have God speaking to shepherds, and He's going to make them good. Let's look at let's 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 listen in on the announcement that the angels gave that night in Luke chapter two. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along. Luke chapter two, verse eight, or you can follow along on the screens. In the same region, meaning the same region where Joseph and Mary had gone to to vote and to, to cast their, their uh, identity so that they could be taxed. And so they were in Bethlehem. Some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. 
Yeah, you think? That's kind of an understatement, isn't it? The angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for, for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you, for you, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now not only one angel standing in front of them, hundreds, thousands perhaps, a multitude of the heavenly host proclaiming the most important announcement ever heard in, on earth. The most important statement ever made to mankind. God himself has come to earth. The Savior they've, been long, they've, they've long anticipated has come to earth. So verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go to Bethlehem then and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay there in the, lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which was told about them about this child. And all that heard it, now they're hearing shepherds, right? Do they believe shepherds? <laughs> We're going to wonder about what the shepherds are going to say. But Mary and Joseph knew. Mary ponders all of these things in her heart. See, the shepherds now have become another group of people where God has spoken into their life and changed their life in that moment and every moment after that. Let's talk for a second about what's happened in the life of Joseph and Mary, for example. Because here's the thing. Here's what I want you to hear, and here's what I want you to experience even tonight. I've been praying that every single one of us gathered here at Christmas time, celebrating the Savior's birth, would hear and experience God speaking into our lives in these moments, and that our lives will never be the same, that we'll learn to hear God's voice through his word, through other people, through various means as he speaks into our lives, and our lives will be changed from those moments forward. Let's see what happened in the life of Joseph and Mary, for example. You've got to realize, see, nobody ever knew about Joseph and Mary. We wouldn't know about Joseph and Mary, except that God chose them to be the earthly parents of his only son, Jesus. Joseph's just a garden variety carpenter. He's a peasant carpenter living in Nazareth, and, and he's, his, his, his roots, his family are from the Bethlehem area. But nobody knows Joseph, and frankly, other than his family and God, nobody cares. Same thing is true with Mary. She's a young teenager. Nobody knows Mary. The only one who knows about Mary and how, how special she is is God. We wouldn't know about Mary except for this event. She's just an ordinary person. Listen carefully. She's an ordinary person just like you and me that God chooses to speak into her life, change her life in that moment, and every moment after that, from that point forward. The reason this is important for us to remember, friends, and for us to hear is we need to understand that God wants to speak to us, too. He doesn't just speak to people like Joseph and Mary. We're just the same as they are. You realize the reason the angel comes and makes the announcement to a shepherd is because they are the least, they're the least important people on the planet. 
If God can speak to them, don't you think he can speak to you? You believe that? Absolutely. He's going to speak into our lives and change our lives from those moments forward. Because he wants to know us and he wants us to know him. That's why Jesus came to earth as a baby to grow up the way he did. So all of these people, we could go on, I could go on for hours talking about the examples where God speaks into someone's life, someone's life when they were least expecting it. You've got the relatives of Mary, her relative Elizabeth, and her husband Zachariah. Late in life, close to my age, when God speaks into their lives and says, you're going to have a baby, this is John the Baptist he's talking about. Honey, aren't you glad God hasn't said that to us? But it was really important for them to hear that because they'd gone all their lives. Elizabeth had gone with the disgrace of of being barren, not being able to bear a child. Zacharias was in a midlife crisis wondering, is God ever going to use me? Is there anything ever going to happen in my life? And finally, they hear God speak into their lives. And from that moment forward, everything changed. That's what God wants to do in all of our lives. Eight days later, after Jesus is born, Joseph and Mary walk the six-mile trek from Bethlehem to the temple in Jerusalem. And there you can find this story found in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. They ran into a man named Simeon, who again was a completely unknown person to everyone except him and his family and God until this moment. Simeon has been praying. He's well advanced in years which means he's probably about my age by now. <laughs> and God speaks to him and says, "You actually, he's a little older than I am. Um, he speaks to him and says, you, you will live to see the Savior. And when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus to the temple, the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and he went, can you imagine this moment when Simeon goes and he holds in his own two hands the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you imagine what he must be thinking, what he must be feeling? Realizing that at that moment in time, God changed his life and every moment after that forever. There was a woman there named Anna. Anna used to go to the temple, practically lived at the temple. The Bible says she prayed at the temple day and night, fasting and praying, listening to the Holy Spirit speak to her. If you know Anna's story, you can read it in, chapter, in Luke chapter 2. You'll know that Anna was married young, but after only seven years, her husband died. She lived the rest of her days as a widow. At now at this point, she's 84 years old, which means she's probably lived at least 60 years as a widow. The significance of this, friends, is the fact that God uses anybody and everybody, and it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, you are valuable to God. You may be here tonight thinking, you know, doesn't God know that I'm single and lonely and need some companionship? God is with you. Doesn't it matter that nobody ever notices me, that I'm not important to anybody else? God notices you. And God wants to speak into your life just like he did Simeon's life and just like he did Anna's life, just like he did Joseph and Mary and Zechariah and Elizabeth, and the list goes on, the shepherds on the hill outside of Bethlehem. Everybody, just ordinary people like you and me, and when God speaks into their life, 
It changes their life in that moment and every moment after that from then on. God doesn't want there to be any exceptions to this. He wants to speak into our lives from his word, from the Holy Spirit, through other people and in lots of other ways. And I think he wants to remind us of that tonight, how important we are to him and how important it is that he speaks into our life and informs us and changes us and continues to lead our lives in ways that continue to reveal his glory and give us life in all of its fullness. Several years ago, when I was, when I was actually young, God spoke to me and led me out of a, a life of farming. I thought I would be a farmer. I got a degree in agribusiness. I thought I'd be in the ag industry all my life. But God spoke into my life in various ways, through various means. And over the course of about three years, I finally realized God wanted me to, to, to change from being a farmer, rancher, to pastor, shepherd. So we went back to school and prepared for that and eventually moved to Wichita after going through school, and we knew God wanted us to start a new church. How did we know that? Because we'd been praying a lot about what, asking God, God guide me, God lead us, God speak into our lives, and reveal to us what your will is, because we want our lives to be lined up with your will. And so we knew after we'd been here for a couple of years, God wanted us to start a new church. And we had a lot of well-meaning people, you know, sort of put their hand on our shoulder and go, you know, don't you think there's enough churches in Wichita? We had other people, you know, put their arms around me, older, much older, seemingly much wiser people who would say to me, now you're just really young and you're idealistic and I don't want you to be disappointed because the reality is, you know, I know, I know you want to make a difference in people's lives. I know you want people's lives to change, but the reality is people just don't change much. But what I knew to be true was that God had spoken into my life, and God changes lives. People don't change themselves. I didn't change myself. God changed me. God changes people's lives. That's what I knew to be true, because in my, in my own life, in the fall of my junior year in high school, God spoke into my life and changed it forever. He spoke into my life in a moment, and from that moment on, my life was ne has never been the same. I was sort of at a crisis of faith in that time, and I needed to figure out, does God really exist? And if he does, does he want anything to do with me? And so I had this, I had this novel idea one day. I thought, maybe I should read the Bible. So I opened the Bible and started reading. I started in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark. Got to Mark, got to Mark chapter 13. I'll never forget this moment as long as I live. It's like, I, it was like it was yesterday. I read through the gospel, uh, through the Mark chapter 13. Jesus is talking in Mark 13, telling us, many will say this about me and many will say this about me, but I tell you, at last, the very last line of Mark chapter 13 says this, but I tell you, be ready. It was like that; those words went 3D into my mind. It was amazing what happened. Incredible. When God spoke the truth into my life that I was not ready, that I needed him. I couldn't wait to get to church the next Sunday. I thought the only way you can become a Christian is if you bow at an altar. I just, that's what I needed to do. I couldn't wait. And from that moment on, my life has never been the same. God changed my life. If he changed my life, he can change yours. You agree with that? It's true. He can. He wants to. He wants to speak into our lives in moments. And from those moments forward, 
change our lives. I, I was talking recently to a young, uh, well, he's not that young anymore. He's not that young, much younger than I am. A guy, a good friend of mine who used to attend church here, used to live in Wichita. Several years ago, he and I became good, close friends. His wife started coming to church here and brought their kids and so, and he'd, been, he'd grown up in a Jewish tradition, didn't know God, just knew some things about the Jewish tradition. His wife was a follower of Christ. So he and I got to know one another, struck up a friendship. We'd meet for coffee or lunch periodically and so, and we have these great conversations. But simultaneously what was happening in his life was his business was falling apart. His life was spiraling out of control. He was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And I began praying for him, and we spent a lot of time together. And I watched as he struggled and wrestled with the issues and the challenges and the, and the just things that were overcoming him. He wanted to do the right thing on his own, but he couldn't change himself. One day I got a call from him. His wife left him. His kids and his wife moved back to their hometown. I got a call from him in November one day. He was, in a, he was living in his car in Dallas, Texas, working at an office depot, trying to, trying to survive. And he said, you know, I think, I think I've finally lost everything. My concern for him was that he was going to end it all. But instead, he turned to God, and he truly surrendered his life and began to pray. And God spoke into his life. And from that moment on, on November 23rd, in fact, I get a call from him every November 23rd. Just a month or so, a month ago, I got a call from him on November 23rd. And he goes, you know what I'm calling about. It's been seven years, he said, this November 23rd that he's been following hard after God, and God's continued to change his life. He put his marriage back together. He reunited him with his family. He's got a new business he's running, and everything's wonderful. They're going to church. His kids are thriving. Everything is amazingly well as God has put his life back together because God spoke into his life in a moment, and from that moment forward, his life has never been the same. Isn't that amazing what God does? That's why Jesus came. Because he wants to connect with us personally. He wants us to know him. He wants to know us. That's why we get together and celebrate. So let me ask you a question. What does God want to say to you? What does he want to say to you tonight from his good shepherd's heart? How does God want to speak into your life? And begin to change it from this moment forward. Remember, he is the good shepherd. Here's one of the things he wants to say to you. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, this is the words of Jesus. These are the words of the good shepherd to you. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Anybody need some rest? Anybody? And just lay your soul down? Yeah. Take my yoke upon my his yoke is his teaching, is his truth. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
Learn the truth instead of lies. Learn what God has to say about you. Learn what God thinks toward you. Learn what God wants for you. Learn what God's will is for you. Take his yoke, his truth on you and learn from him. For he says, I am gentle. I'm humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of us came in here tonight carrying burdens. And as I've already said, and I've experienced personally, I've seen God lift heavy burdens and change lives with one word in one moment. I've seen him do that many times, friends. I've seen him repair marriages. I've seen him pull families back together. I've seen him do that recently. I've watched God do what only God can do. When people say, I'm here, God. I'm going to respond to your invitation to come, and I'm going to receive what you have for me. So, what's going on in your life tonight? What, what is it that you're needing God to help you with? Maybe it, maybe it is a relationship. Maybe it is your marriage. Maybe it's a relationship between you and one of your children, or maybe it's between you and your parents, or maybe there's a burden you're carrying because of a relationship challenge, you know, I'm going to lead us in some two-word prayers in the next few minutes. And if you are one that's got a relationship challenge, a relationship that just isn't going well, there's two words that you could say to begin to move back toward healing and health and wholeness in that relationship. You know what those two words are? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What if we humbled ourselves and said, you know, for my part, the part I played in the problem in this relationship, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Help me know how I can move toward you to begin to repair our relationship our marriage, relationship with children or with parents or with friends. Then ask God to give you the forgiveness and the love and the grace to move toward restoration of that relationship. Some of us are like my friend who called me last month. Only we're at a stage in the, in, the, in the game where we need some help like he needed some help. So your two-word prayer, like mine often is, I pray this prayer all the time. Sometimes I'll wake up early in the morning with a burden on my heart, and all I know how to say is, God, help me. Help me. God, help me. I need your help. I've got a burden I need to give to you. I need to come to you with it, and I need, your, I need you to help me with it. Then we need to listen for God to speak and watch who and what he brings into our lives and the way he'll bring resources and truth and grace and love and bringing what we need into our lives. Some of you may have received a bad medical diagnosis if that's you tonight, 
then your prayer could be, heal me. Because God doesn't just want to be in relationship with us. He also wants to make our bodies and our lives whole. Jesus said, these are his words, I came so that you could have life in all of its fullness. Isn't that a great promise? Heal me. Heal me, God. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe that you not only can, but you will heal me. How quickly our world can change when God speaks healing into our lives. Some of you in this room know that you've really messed up. I've had those times in my life. So, me too. You know what our two-word prayer needs to be? Forgive me. Forgive me. Or a prayer I often pray, cleanse me. Purify me, God. Powerful two-word prayer. God tells us, he promises in his word that he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He's never going to look at it again. He's not going to bring it up and hold it up in front of us and shame us and guilt us with it. He takes it off of our backs and he removes it from us. Only God can do that when we pray the prayer, forgive me, cleanse me. Many of us in this room are facing a major life decision and we need direction. So the two word prayer for that time if, if that's you is guide me guide me God I need your wisdom I need you to guide my steps my thoughts my decisions guide me many of us wake up every day wanting this life we live to matter to make a difference and so our two word prayer can be use me. God, just use me. Flow in and through me with your power, your strength, your truth, your wisdom, your grace, your love, your will, your ways. Just use me, God, to do your will here on earth as it is in heaven. Some of you came to the service tonight wondering, I wonder what God thinks of me. I wonder what he's thinking about me. Some of you have been wondering that. You need, to, and you need to connect to God in some way. You've been, you've been noticing lately on several occasions that based on what somebody has said or what you've read or, or God has arranged circumstances and situations where you're, you're hearing a message from Him. You've had feelings and experiences lately that have caused you to wonder if God really wants to connect with you. Some of you, some of you drove onto the property tonight and you wondered, is God going to know that I'm moving toward him? Is he going to notice that I'm here? Your two, your two words are, Rescue me. Redeem me.
You realize that's a prayer God always answers. When we pray that prayer with, with humility and sincerity, God always answers that prayer. Because he wants to rescue us. That's why Jesus came. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas time is a rescuer came from heaven to earth to rescue us. <laughs> it's a lot more important to God than it is to us. But when we come to the place where we know we need it, we pray the prayer. God, rescue me. Redeem me. Now, I want to encourage you and remind you not to give in to cynicism or the doubts or the things that the, the, the thoughts that are maybe in your mind thinking, well, I'm just feeling this way or thinking or sensing this because it's Christmas or I'm in church. Don't believe those lies anymore. Don't believe any lies that tell you God doesn't want to have a relationship with you because it's not true. So for the next couple of minutes... All of those words we've just been saying are going to be on the screen. And I want to give you time here on Christmas Eve to have your moment. This is your Joseph moment. This is your Mary moment. This is your shepherd on a hillside moment. This is your Simeon moment. This is your Anna moment. We're just ordinary people in here and we need to hear from God. God came to us on Christmas Eve so he could speak into our lives. So take the next couple minutes, pray one of these prayers, and then listen to what God wants to say to you. For some of you, a couple minutes is going to seem like a long time. But we're going to take some time to be silent and pray and listen to what God wants to say to us. Pray with me. Father, we always get reminded by you this time of year of the lengths you will go to to demonstrate your love and your kindness to all of us, to all people. Sending your son Jesus to be born and grow up in the home of peasants in Nazareth of all places. To be raised in a poor family, in a poor village, trained as a carpenter, to be one of us, 
like us. So he can identify with us. To become a teacher, a rabbi. And eventually to demonstrate that he is our Savior and our Lord. And even overcome death and the grave to become king of kings whose kingdom will never end. You're amazing, God. Lord, my prayer is that you're speaking into every life that's here. And this will be one of those moments where our life will never be the same. Some of us need to say and want to say to you, God, I want to know you as my father. I want to be adopted as your son or as your daughter. I don't want another Christmas or another day to go by without knowing you and knowing you as my heavenly father and not just knowing about you, but knowing you personally. For some of us, God, that's our prayer. Rescue me. Redeem me. God, whatever the need is here tonight, pray in the name of Jesus that you'll provide for that need according to your riches and glory. That your will will be done here in our lives as it is in heaven. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Now tonight, if you prayed that God would adopt you, that if you prayed for him to rescue you, if you've begun a relationship with God tonight, then make certain you take the next steps to fully know him in every way and grow in relationship with him. And I have a book for you if you want to help Want, want some resources that will help you take all those next steps? After the service is over, come down and see me or Kathy or someone here in front. We'll give you a book that will help you know how to take all the next steps. Make this Christmas the year that not only you celebrate the Savior's birth, but the year you celebrate your spiritual birth as well. So if that's you, Come see me. I want to congratulate you, give you a book, and help you take all the next steps that you need to take.